0: Welcome to Higher
1: Ground with Julian
0: King.
1: Hello, everyone. Hello, everyone. Welcome along to Higher Ground. This Wednesday is the 14th. it's the 14th. The reason I know it's the 14th, normally I get my dates confused, but the 15th is my wedding anniversary. So I always just remember the days in and around it. That's the only reason, apart from the fact that I'm in air with you lovely people. 14th September 2022, Jules, with you. Great to have your company this evening on SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ Q693 in Brisbane, 1620 on the Goldie as well. Hello to my friends north of the Tweed and via the SEN app as well. My open line number, should you like to join me, 1300 01 1170 and the text line 0457 736 736. Shortly I'll catch up with Simon McLaughlin. He's the Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph to have a look at the back pages of tomorrow's paper. No doubt very... Rugby league heavy. We do got a rugby test match tomorrow night. It's rare we have them Thursday, but it's kind of fun. I don't know. Sometimes you feel rugby in this highly competitive sporting market gets lost a bit when they park them on a Saturday night, but there's no rugby league on. There's no as Your rules on. They've got beautiful. So it's a scheduling masterpiece. And it's Australia New Zealand. It's it's the test match that gets people caring again about rugby. Because the, the biggest thing the sport can do to revive it in this country is to. Beat New Zealand. Yeah, Raylan Castles said that. She's not wrong. Just beat the Kiwis. And at the moment, you probably won't get a better time to get them compared to their usual selves. They're somewhat of a rabble. Now, Semi-finals in the NRL coming up and, and the actual semifinals too. You know, this is a bone of contention some people have. Why do they just call all footy finals or semis? I'm going to make the semis. Well, the first one's it's qualifying and elimination. The week before the grand final is the preliminary final. But the one between them... The actual semi-finals. That's what we got this weekend. Friday night, the Eels and the Raiders, Combank Stadium. Uh, they're beautiful, beautiful matchups too. Saturday sees the Sharks take on the Bunnies at Allianz. You know what? I flip flopped over that one all week. Okay, I like South. So after last Sunday, I thought I like South. Latrell looks like he's in the zone. And the more I think about it, there's no Tommy Burgess, but you know, Cronulla has just been so good and so consistent all year, and they came within a hair's breadth of beating the Cowboys. Just across the park, I think, are they a better drill football team? Yes. So I actually don't know which way it's going to go. And it I think, what was it, a Nico Hines field goal that that split them last time out. So it's a coin toss. I've gone south and went Cronulla. They've gone back to south. So ask me again tomorrow. Oh, by the way, a special edition of High Ground tomorrow, 8 till 10pm. Of course, no Thursday Night Football, and we will be covering the later game. So I get bumped to... 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock tomorrow night. And very much looking forward to that. And what we might do is, is check in with a, an Eels legend and a Bunnies legend in preview of their big clash. So, well, sorry, Bunnies legend. We can do that. Their clash with Cronulla on Saturday and Eels with their clash with Canberra on the Friday. So we're still figuring it out, but it's uh, going to be lots of fun. Now, Dan Walsh is writing. that Brad Arthur, speaking of Parramatta, insists his team has no mental scars from four week two final exits in the past five years. And... There's a bit being said about this Parramatta postseason record. And, in fact, it was only last year they're saying that Brad Arthur's future hinged on how deep they went and that he needed a prelim. He didn't get there, but thought they acquitted themselves well against Penrith and got the, for want of a better term, stay of execution. Key for them, though, Mitchell Moses firming to play. He has been cleared by an independent doctor. Make it that what you will. Because he was in another planet, or on another planet, last weekend against Penrith. After that, who uh, collided collide with? Kickow? I think it was. He's, so his recovery from that concussion continues, but he's been named and cleared. So wait and see if he runs out Mitch Moses. But if he does remain symptom-free, uh, he will take his place in the number seven shirt. And that'll be a massive boost as well for the Eels, because they don't want... What they don't want is the third straight sets finals exit since 2017. I saw a funny tweet on, on Twitter last week. It said, the good thing about the Eels making the top four is that they get to lose two finals <laughs> People are harsh. People are harsh. But since the NRL adopted a top eight final system in 99, only the Roosters are bad at more often with back-to-back losses. But you say, oh, there you go, the Roosters. But hang on, they've also got four premierships to show from that period. Parramatta, haven't won one since 86. Oh, you know what? It'd be so good to then Ray Price would have to stop fielding phone calls. You know, Mick Cronin would have to stop fielding phone calls. Oh, at about 86, yeah, we're still carrying the torch, aren't we? Still carrying the torch. And and not since 2009 And that, that amazing Hain inspired charge of the grand final. They prevailed in week two with the final. So it's been a while. It's now and ever for Parramatta, though, isn't it? You, it's hard to see them being a stronger side next year. In fact, they're not a stronger side next year with the loss of in and, and, crucially, Reid And You know, I know Josh Hodgson's coming in. and He had him a few years ago. He was with the Premier 9 in the game. But it seems odd, and there's talk that they you know, they let Marnie go because they weren't sure about whether his shoulder would hold up at the time. I was like, hang on a minute, Josh Hodgson hasn't played or he's been busted. And he's over 30. So, curious logic there from Parramatta, if that is indeed true. Now, South Sydney were told that apparently they're only a 50-50 chance of success if they sort of downgrade for Tom Burgess's Grade 2 careless high tackle. The one that left Tedesco concussed in that in that wacky game where he didn't leave the field because of that. But it effectively, you know, by ousting James Tedesco from the match, it probably cost them the game. The Roosters, such as the fullback's importance. So we know that Tommy Burgess, he's gonna miss the next two matches after entering an early plea. Uh it was never a chance to play against Cronulla because of concussion. So his best case scenario to play again this year, big T Burgess hope that Souths can beat the Sharks, then Penrith, and then return for a second successive grand final. Yeah, is that all. It's quite the tall order. Somehow I don't think it's going to happen. You know, it's funny, uh, Latrell Mitchell took to social media and he said, oh, you know, where's the consistency? Not him, not just him, by the way, with the match bands. And it all comes back to Taylor and May. This decision to delay any kind of off-field penalty till the start of the new year. And Burgess is a good mate to Toby Rudolph. There's a really good chat, actually, with Toby Rudolph on the run home. I'll play it for you uh, in the next hour of the program. He's he's a really good speaker and a good ornament to the game, Toby Rudolph. But Latrell today brought up Taylor May. Can we serve that suspension next year? sort of tongue-in-cheek, and, of course, it's not going to happen. Having said that, there is a petition on social media to allow Burgess to play, and they're serious about it too, change.org. 4,500 and counting, apparently. There's 2,500 signatures, apologies, in the first five hours. Let's do the maths. That's, what, 500 an hour, I believe, Mulchie. The problem here is that the NRL has made a rod for its own back while suggesting that suspensions can be delayed so as not to let the fans down. I mean, that was the case with Taylor Mays, we've just mentioned. And the thing about it is it's, it's not the first time, and I, and I keep saying, I, I qualify these comments by saying oh, I do like Peter Volandis, but it is not the first time that he has championed an ill-thought-out idea. Can't let the fans suffer. Well, hang on a minute. you had a real can of worms there. By extending that logic through, I mean, I made the point. I said, remember in 87 when Steve Linane was ousted for 20 weeks for gouging brandy? Cost the Dragons a spot in the five. What about me? What about us Dragons fans? We Got robbed in 85 to the dogs by one point. Somehow there's a penalty that went to the dogs at a scrum. It's a forward pass for Turvey's try anyway, and then Andrew Farrow kicked the field goal. Haven't thought about that at all, have I? So I, I, I don't understand it. Anyway, it is what it is. They'd have to beat their very best South Sydney if they're going to win the grand final, but you never, never know. You never, never know. I heard Joel Kane say earlier today on the run home alongside Bear said that he, he's just got that, that, that funny feeling about North Queensland. All I'll say to that is this, is that I've had funny feelings before and they haven't come through, so... Penrith is the team to beat. They have to be the team to beat. 0457 736 736 to Simon McLaughlin shortly. Now, Socceroos news. Graham Arnold uh, is freshening up the Socceroos ranks. He's named a bunch of French faces in his squad for their final friendlies before the World Cup in Qatar. And and this is the big in. The big in is Garang Kual, this superstar teenager who... uh, who represents the Central Coast Mariners. He's the star, headline inclusion. 31-man squad it is for the two-match stand against New Zealand. Plenty of first-time call-ups. The other one I like is uh, the man affectionately known as the cum dog, Jason Cummings. He's he's younger than I thought he was, actually, but a prolific goal scorer he was. But he turned out for the back half of the year against the Mariners. And you know what? He's eligible. He played for Scotland. It's been three years since. So FIFA rules allow him to represent the Socceroos. You, You could do worse. Look, Put it this way, if they were picking Fauna Rowley, they should be picking Jason Cummings. 457 736 736. Now, the Mad Russian is our resident football expert on on this program. So I'll get his thoughts on that squad later on in the break. And, and I did mention uh, Bledisloe. Does it seem strange to me, and as I said, it's a good time to get the All Blacks, it does seem strange that you know, Bernard Foley's back. And he was a great player, but it's, he's back on the bench. I don't know, have we not moved past b foley anyway i know simon mclaughlin is a mad rugby fan and i'm sure we'll touch upon that momentarily but he's on the line oh no we've got to do his intro i almost forgot let's do this
0: Uh,
1: simon mclaughlin deputy sports editor of the daily telegraph good evening sir
2: uh, G'day. It's, uh, look, it's really good to hear you've gotten over nineteen eighty five. Um, who who was it that so
1: to... so Graham win? You know, admittedly had a disability, But who who was it? Was it Pete Kelly who who biffed someone at the scrum and they gave Canterbury the penalty? I think it was big Pete Kelly. This is an oh, outrage. Peter Kelly would never hurt anyone. No, no, he's, he's an angel. Kevin Roberts, I think, was the referee that day. From memory. Good man. Yes. <laughs> Good, listen to you, good man. Look at he's saying maybe it's payback for Darcy Lawler back in the Dragons against the Magpies in '63. (laughs) These referees they cop a bad rap, the referees don't they? they, they, You know, what if people talk about the bunker? So, well, they're they're laying down is because the referees missed them. So, it's not just the one referee we have now, but you've got effectively 26 other referees on the park. But you know, give them an inch, they Make a mile out of yeah. it, Simon. Uh, look, I know we're going to talk rugby league and headlines, but just quickly, B. Foley on the bench for the mm. Wallabies. It seemed a bit retrograde to you.
2: Oh, absolutely. It's a sign that we haven't been able to produce someone better. Uh, Bernard Foley was from another year as far as I'm concerned. He, he was a bit of a hero in like the 2015 World Cup uh. where he got us all the way to the final um, against the All Blacks. Um, and now he's yeah reappears. There'd be bikes who wouldn't have even played a professional game playing for the All Blacks um, when Bernard Foley was around. He was the 2014 Super Rugby hero for the Waratahs. It's it's just amazing that he's still a chance. I, I thought the same about Quade Cooper too. It's um, yeah such an important position, and we can't seem to produce enough of them. It's a bit of a worry.
1: Don't meet many young Bernards these days, do you?
0: Well, no, you don't.
1: Yeah, I don't think... I don't, can't remember the last time... I did go to school with a Bernard, a bit, a bit older than Foley, but I can't remember the last time I met a Bernard who was sort of under 40.
2: No, that's right. It reminds me of that scene in uh, Ocean's Eleven where the young actor is hanging out with Brad Pitt and he tells him to talk to his financial... his tax agent or something called yeah. Bernie and he realises that they're all called Bernie. Yeah,
1: the, <laughs> the tax agent... Yeah, well, is you know, is he private school boy Bernard Foley? I'm going to say yes if he's playing for the Wallabies. Now, uh, yeah, Parramatta, so. Canberra. A, a lot of people are uh, are warming to this this Raiders momentum. The problem is historically for Brad Arthur and the Eels, you know, having promised so much in the season proper, well, they they tend to bow out almost in straight sets come finals time. In fact, so much so that he's been labelled Brad Arthur Mister 22. percent
2: that's right. That is our big backstage headline tomorrow, Mr. 22%. And in fact, that's the worst record of any, any coach in the State of Origin era who's coached more than five finals games. That's the worst uh, strike rate in finals, 22%. He's up against the man with the best record in finals, Ricky Stewart, 68% win percentage when it comes to the finals. That's better than Craig Bellamy. Oh, that, that, that stuns Reilly. me. I was
1: about to say, surely not better than, than Bellamy, but wow. Absolutely.
2: Okay. It's better than every single coach in the finals. So um, Ricky, in fact, once he gets a team to the finals, never fails to get them to a prelim. Um, so you've got the best versus the worst. Um, there's a lot of things going up against the Eels in terms of sort of statistical history. Um you've got uh, the Eels haven't actually beaten the Raiders twice in a season since the year 2000. Mm. Uh, So we've got a great uh, feature story on this whole thing, because if there's one coach the Eels hate losing to, it's Ricky Stewart. And this goes all the way back to the 2013 season, which... uh, Every Heels fan will remember that they'd won the Wooden Spoon the year before and Ricky came in to sort the club out. And, uh, he walked in and all the players walked in and there were 12 names written on a whiteboard. And they were the 12 names of the players who found out then and there that uh, they were on notice. Um, some pretty big names at the time, guys like Reddy Mature and Ben Smith, but, uh, the Santa, Willie Tonga, mm. Uh, Matt Keating was when Hooker. Was another prominent one. So, um, uh, of course, what is it? up happening was they got the wooden spoon again, and Ricky Stewart announced at the presentation night that he was leaving to go to the Raiders. Uh, and <laughs> this is sort of, that, that's I Ivan. That was Ivan
1: it was Ivan Tiger's one point I in a sense, wasn't it? Yeah. Get on Absolutely, the bus at Power. Yeah.
2: Hey, see you, boys. I'm off. It, well, it was a phenomenal period for Ricky Stewart because because. He then goes to the Raiders, of course, who had, whose boss, Don Ferner, had just had to suck his own brother, David Ferner. No. So it was, it was, you know, the soap opera was, was going pretty thick back then. But uh, yeah, there's, there's some great anecdotes in this feature story about Ricky versus the Eels. Um, you remember the 1993 season, which is when the Raiders were probably the best team in the competition mm. and second-last game of the round, uh, beating the Eels 68 0 when Ricky Stewart, a player, sort of falls on top of him and he breaks his ankle and legs so badly yes. um, that he sort of his foot twisted the wrong way. And um, he's, he doesn't play the rest of the season. The Raiders don't win another game that season. And apparently, so the story goes, he was uh, so angry uh, in the sheds that within earshot of all the Eels, he'd exclaimed that. How could this you know, this incident have happened to him against the worst team in the competition? He's made no fact of hiding that from the Eels. So, um, yeah, it's it's probably it's it's one of those great finals matchups. We saw one last Sunday, um, which was possibly the craziest game I've ever I've ever actually attended. Yeah, it was weird. Um and now we get another uh beauty, potential beauty. I can't see it being as fiery as last Sunday's game, but um Although, if Ricky Stewart decides to sit on the
1: sideline, like he often does, who knows what could happen? I, I relish these final subplots, I don't you? You know, and that's a good that's thing great. about these sorts of stories. You forget how quickly you forget, and you delve into the the history between Ricky and, and the Parramatta Eels, or the history indeed between the two clubs. Oh, you know, do, do you buy much into those sorts of stats? At the end of the day, I think, well, the Raiders rate, the rate certainly I- have momentum and. Parramatta had a reality check against Penrith and they must have fancied their chances after having beaten them twice this year. Uh, so much hinges on whether Moses plays. Uh, he's been named, oh, apparently absolutely. cleared by an independent doctor. And, you know, you looked at the state he was in and I've got to say I'm mildly surprised that he was. Um, but they're not winning yeah, without likewise. him. They're not winning without
2: likewise. him. Likewise. Look, there is... Don't you think that there's a tendency to sort of... The, the, the teams that come out of the bottom four of the eight that win, you you there's this tendency to think that they're going to win again and the team that lost the week before that drops down out of the top four, there's just this natural reaction to think that they're going to go out the back door. Mm. I actually I remember people thinking this was going to happen at Penrith last year when they lost their first game and they thought, oh, well, the team they're playing won last week, so, you know, but um, actually, most of the time, I think it's only five of the past 20 Week 2 games have been won by the lower-ranked team. So all those things are against uh, Brad Arthur, as I was saying before. But it's sort of the overwhelming weight of history says that if you're a, you finished in the top regular season in the top four, it doesn't really matter what happens to you in that week one game, but you should progress out of week two. Yeah. So um, it's just a natural thing, I think, that, that people think that, you know, Paramount lost, Mitch Moses was hurt. Well, there's no chance. So but that might not necessarily be the case.
1: We're all experts, aren't we? Everyone's an expert. We we don't know. The bottom line is we don't know. If we did know, it'd all be, we'd all be multis. Now, we mentioned there the, the concussion to Mitch Moses. Mm. Uh, Cam Murray's had a history of this, um, has denied yeah. that he's learnt to hide concussion symptoms. What's his story?
0: Well, it, I think a lot, of,
2: a lot of this comes out of that last Sunday's game at Alliance against the Roosters where there was sort of two incidents two tackles where it looked like Cameron Murray might in game might be over early, but he seemed to sort of get up and recover quickly enough, play the ball, and we move on. In one instance, I think he might have even got a penalty out of it. Um, we've seen him go down very early in so many games now that you start to think that he's one of those sort of problem concussion cases like Jake's Friend or Boyd Cordner are two of the, the sort of more prominent ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he might have had, yes, yeah, three, He suffered three concussions in the past 12 months, so, like serious, serious ones, including that one in the um, origin decider where he couldn't finish the game. So that's the fear is that there's, there's plenty of, you know, reason that he'd want to hide these concussion symptoms. But he says that he's fine. Um, uh, Ed, look the there's a few interesting uh things come out suggestions from players in particular about how they can um, you know make this concussion system better and it's it's mostly to do with training um they talk about you know copying as many hits as at training or more hits at training than they do in a game yeah. so considering that they train several times a week so um you know the n f l has I think they limit contact training to once a week, so that's a suggestion from a few people that that might be a way to lessen the load. And blokes like Cameron Murray, who I hate seeing a guy like him go out of the game early because you just tend to feel like that might be the game over. That's how I felt when uh, they announced that Tedesco was off last Sunday. I thought that, that the Roosters couldn't come back. So... Um, Interesting one. I mean, again, we can only keep watching Cameron Murray closely, but um, he has had a few things go wrong.
1: He has. Look, we've only scratched the surface uh, with regards to this issue. In fact, it was Luke Keery as well who's had his own history of the concussion along with those other two roosters you mentioned that that suggested something similar. And along the the NFL lines about limiting contact training, and he actually thinks that they should have started or commenced that a a number of years ago. But uh, I think it'll happen. I think it'll happen eventually. No doubt. Now, mm. um, five of the original Hall of Fame racehorses, this is interesting, no longer mm. have any races named after them. Mm. That can't be right,
2: can it? Well, no, no Group 1 races. So Okay. And that's, that's really all that matters. We had... Uh, there was a race in, in uh, Perth called the Kingston Town Classic. Mm. It was run every December. And it's just been had its name changed, uh, to honor West Australian horse northerly. Um, so that was the last race that, that was named after a group one race that was named after either Farlap, Tullock, Burnborough, Carbine, or Kingston town. There are no group one races named after the five greatest horses, uh, that we've ever had. Uh, you you could, uh, Wings wings and Black Caviar in there, but they do have, uh, races group one races named after them um so it it feels like a real oversight that you you can't have our biggest races named after our our greatest horses um it's the sort of thing that's happened gradually over time and then you sort of someone like ray thomas who's our racing expert has written this story has, has just kind of noticed that we've now uh, got to this point but what are, um, what are they
1: changing the names to though is, is it sponsors coming you know is, mm. is the rolex what you know what a mile or something i don't know but is that what they're losing out well, to? Or?
2: well in the case of the uh Town classic it's named after normally another horse
1: a, a, uh, a, a decent horse don't get me the... wrong but
2: but not in the Absolutely. king's category i wouldn't think no definitely not look look ray's got a good suggestion um there's a big race coming up this weekend in Sydney called the George Main Stakes.
1: Yep, not well.
2: Uh, I'm not sure you'd know George Main very well. Um, not many people would, in an old administrator. His suggestion is to change the name of the George Main Stakes, change it to the Kingston Town Stakes. Mm. Uh, and he's got a number of other suggestions too, the McKinnon Stakes. So mm. uh, McKinnon is another f- a prominent racing administrator. Yeah, not, not, it's um, not
1: named after Donnie McKinnon, who... Who did a, <laughs> did a wee on North Sydney Oval one time? Yeah, that's
2: right. Oh. Uh, that was uh, that was in Brisbane, actually. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah. He suggests changing the McKinnon Stakes to the Farlap Stakes. Farlap actually won that race back in the '30s. So okay. uh, re- change the Rose Hill Guineas to the Collett Guineas, yeah. and the Doomin Cup to the Burnborough Cup, and the All Age Stakes make that the Carbine Stakes. So, I think they're great. Suggestions. I think it's
1: entirely reasonable. It, you know, it's important to to keep that connection to history, right? Yeah. And, and you talk to anybody that that's followed Australian sport closely, they tell you the two greatest both started with a B, and it's Brabham and Burnbra. Yeah, that, that's how good that horse yeah. was. You know, and, and it's a shame that that you know, and they're, they're trying so hard to attract the next generation to, to the races um, that they don't appreciate the greats that have come before them. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a carbon. I I'd, t- like, I'd
2: like to see some of the jockeys have some some races named after them too. So ah right, like of the, some of the great characters.
1: The handbrake Harry White stakes or something.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, only Aussie jockeys. So the pumper doesn't get a oh, run. Only Aussie kiwi Aussie no
2: Nah, Well, nah. Jamie James Donnelly's He's a Kiwi. We could name some races after him. I don't mind. Yeah, but as it long is as the you target, Australia's Australia's greatest. Ever horse is honoured somewhere. Takeover target, Queenian's finest. Uh, trained by um, Joe Janiak. The you know, cabby. Joe Janiak, the cabby. He drove me home very late at night sometimes after a few too many of the Queeniean. Oh, Janiak did. I'm sure he would
1: have. Oh, oh, okay. So you don't know for certain, but you're sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, mate. How's your been? night been? Yeah, been busy. Been quiet. What time you knock off? You train any horses lately, chap? <laughs> Oh, he has got this yeah, one. How, How much did takeover target cost?
2: Like nine grand oh, or something? Yeah, like it only another. cost about. It, it was yeah, it was a, it was a cast off because it had a dub leg. But uh, uh, yeah, it was a great yeah, that's storage. the dream, I isn't it? Target, you know, my favourite
1: horse. It's this dream, isn't it? Just to get one for for peanuts. People go to yearling sales and fork out millions, become part of syndicates, and they they don't do anything. in this mm-hmm. thing, it's a, it's a, you uh, know absolutely.
2: It's not. A, I've experienced that myself. I I went in with a horse, and it was trained by Chris Waller. Mm. So we were know, excited, taking yeah. annual leave for the Cotswold Plate Day, and uh, a year went by, and it hadn't gone to the track. And then another six months went by, it hadn't gone to the track. And Chris Waller palmed it off to a country trainer, and um, started at Goulburn. I think it came second last, and the syndicate sold it on. So <laughs> I haven't bothered <laughs> since. As so,
1: uh... As the late broadcaster Mike Gibson once told me, never invest in anything that eats. <laughs> he might be honest. Anyway. All right, mate. Thank you so much. You know, it's weird. I looked up the screen. I'm sure they had a replay of that 85 grand final, a highlight from it. I, I could be wrong. Probably best I don't find out. We'll catch all of those stories in the Telegraph tomorrow. Thank you, mate. Cheers. See on There he is. Simon Glock and Deputy Sports Editor of the Daily Telegraph. So, yeah, Cab Murray. He's had a few. Denied... That he's learned how to hide those concussion symptoms. I don't think it's even possible, is it? How do you hide concussion symptoms? I, I'm not a doctor, but he said, "No, that's not true." I can't imagine he would. And Mitchell Moses has since been cleared by an independent doctor to take his place in the Eels' lineup against the Raiders in you know, the semi-final on Friday night. There at Combank Stadium, and then the other story there was you know, the poor coaching record of Brad Arthur. And if they lose Parramatta, and there's every chance that they will. Uh, what do they do about Brad Arthur? It's contracted to 2024. But the talk was last year, uh, he was skating on thin ice, and this was their chance, Parramatta. Had to be this year. Had to be this year. And he's a good coach, but maybe he's earmarked as the guy that, that can get them, keep them in the fight, but can't quite take that extra step to get them all away and break that huge, huge premiership drought. It's that unwanted and undesirable statistic that still looms large over the head of the Parramatta Eels. Oh, one I was trying to give them both numbers out at the same time. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six The text line number, all ears as well on the open low, 1300 01 1170 on High Ground. Great to have your company this Wednesday night. Keep those texts coming in. oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. Now, this was a wonderful story. We had it on the TV screen in the studio just before we, we came on here, and as I said, the The seal loves his football. Oakley Cannons. Remember this name. So this is the Australia Cup that's taking place. uh, Previously named the FFA Cup. The Oakley Cannons have debuted a 14-year-old goalkeeper. You heard that right. 14. His name's Ema Abili. He's the youngest player in Australia Cup history. Shock debut. This was their semi-final against A-League club, MacArthur FC. And they won with all-night Dwight in charge. But Victorian side was trailing 5-2 in injury time when their coach, Chris Taylor, introduced to Beale, who's said to play for Oakley's under-14s team. And some people go, like, oh, because he's very little. So he's mad, he can barely fill up the goal. But he replaced former A-League goalkeeper, Lewis Italiano. And he did, to younger Beale's credit, go well young man, kept a clean sheet during his brief cameo. and The match did finish 5-2. And he featured on the bench for Oakley's upset win over Sydney FC as well. But how about that? The canon said, oh, it's, it's, it's an historical moment for our club in the Australia Cup. But a wonderful, wonderful story. Wonderful story. But how could that? And even Mark Bosnich has tweeted, you know, this is fantastic. But that's what it's about. It's, you know, there's people saying this is outrageous. Well, guess what? He didn't concede, so he didn't make a fool of himself. that is a wonderful experience. I mean, that is potentially a life-changing experience, especially when Dwight York, the great Dwight York, comes up to him after the game, gives him a hug. How do you think that makes younger Bealey feel? Well done to to MacArthur FC. As a result of that 5-2 win, they're going to compete for their first ever piece of silverware against Sydney United October 1 in a Western Sydney derby, the venue to be decided in the coming days. So apparently a few other goalies are injured. So, you know what, have a crack, son. It's the Australia Cup. Give them a go. This is the whole concept of it, is that it's anti-elite. You know, it's about, uh, in many ways, promoting underdog status. You think about the FA Cup, of which it was sort of based. I mean, when you get some team of, of fitters and turners and semi-pros that somehow match it with the Premier League side, or the old First Division side, I mean, it rarely happens. But when it does, it's a hell of a story. Hell of a story. I remember... Chatting once to a, a lower league team and said, oh, you've beaten one of the top teams and what are you going to do? Have a few beers? Because no, they've got to go to work tomorrow. You forget that. You forget that. Accountants and clerks, they go to training, run a couple of laps and lace up the boots. A chance to play against the best in the competition. And who knows? Maybe win. Maybe win. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six high ground. Just looking to... Fox League Channel 502, they just had, had clips of the 2002 Grand Final. Fitzy had a bit more hair back then. Well, it's probably a good thing because if Cronulla lose, you know, he doesn't have more hair to lose, does he? So He's got to take a glasses half full approach. Just running through this side, I mean, you look at these names. Luke Phillips is the fullback. Brett Mullins, Anthony Minicello, the wingers. Hegarty and Hodges, the centres. Fittler, 5'8". Craig Wing, the halfback. And this with their forward pack. Uh, Peter Kuzak, Jason Kalis, the prop. Simon Benetti, was the hooker. Then Morley started in the back row with Fitz. He was mentioned, like in the lock. And then oh, Bears Head started on the bench. Brian Fletcher, Andrew Lombey, Chris Flannery, the hitman, and Michael Crockett. Yeah, that's a good bench. Very good bench in New Zealand. Ivan was on a different bus back in the day. Ended up, of course, coaching the club to a grand final. Justin Murphy, there's a name I hadn't heard in a while. Francis Millie. Johnny Carlo. Think about, I remember about John Carlo. Is that he always looked like he's about 40 years old. He's one of these guys that just had an old face, John Carlo. Motto Tony, wait a bit for the Bronx too. Stacey Jones, Jerry see you see you. I see you too, Jerry Jerry. P.J. Marshmark, Tuki, Ali Laotiti. When he was in form, he's one of the best back rowers I've seen at his peak. Oh, couldn't he play. Had an offload too. Alan bill Kevin Campion, uh, Lancer Hire, Richard Sandy, Rangi Korpu and Logan Swan was the bench. Well done to the Roosters. 0457 736, 736. Let's do this.
0: Well, I guess this is a case where we'll have to agree to disagree.
1: Alex the Seal, aka Mulchi, aka the Mad Russian.
3: good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Jules. Good evening, listeners. Nice to be back with you on a Wednesday. Yeah,
1: likewise. How art thou, mate? Yeah.
3: Um, very well, mate. Um, we're just building up football seasons, getting ready, organising World Cup coverage and stuff like that. It's an exciting time of year. Mm. We've got the Rugby League World Cup coming up. We've got the T20 World Cup coming up. We've got the FIFA World Cup coming up. We do, can we do a be big able reveal to hear yeah. two of
1: those on SEN. Correct. Uh, so when is the Great Global Game return to Global OAC Games era?
3: back on the 27th of September back to our Tuesday night time slot. So you'll be able Simon to hear and Broski. That. Simon Broski. Simon Broski either live or on the podcast on Wednesday mornings, everything mm. will be up and ready to get your your ramble fix in. Yes. Into this A-League season.
1: Beautiful. Mm. Okay. Very
3: exciting. Yes it is. Okay, what do you got for me? Number 1. Start with rugby league. The Panthers. It's mm. been a lot of talk about the Eels and the Raiders and this mm. sort of thing. The Panthers are a better than 50-50 chance to win the grand final. If you're taking the Panthers or the field, who are you taking? I'm taking
1: Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can't see it. How can you tip against them, honestly? Yeah. And if you are, there's no rhyme or reason. It's all gut feel. That week it's one, all, it's all Joel Sugar Kane gut feel. Yeah.
3: That one. That week one performance just sold them to me.
1: And let's I say finals is a different ball game. You know, it doesn't matter what happened in the regular season. It's uh, clear he returned and he hadn't missed a beat. In yep. fact, he came back better because mm. he was refreshed.
3: I think they're so, even further ahead than they were last year in terms of their peak. Without question, the the
1: they're they're a better side than last year. Yeah, they are a better side. They've improved.
3: Okay. So down to a lower well, lower club, that's a bit disrespectful. The eighth place team at the end of the regular season. A semi-final finish is par for the Raiders. If they make a prelim, that's an A-minus for Ricky and the Raiders.
1: Agree. Agree. Of course, they didn't have Fogarty for the first part of the year. Yep. Oh, I just, I wasn't anywhere near them. I said, they're a horrible side, the Raiders. And I'm not as sold in them as others are, but they are peaking at the right time. They've got a really good pack and they're all firing too. As
3: the game slowing down, and I know it's still quick R, but not as quick as it was last season. Has that helped them? They're very physical uh, Maybe.
1: It might may have helped somebody like a Papa Lee. He was mm. great last I mean, both their front rowers. Joe what about Tarbin, the class he in the front row? Joe was coming off the bench last year. Yeah, exactly. You know, and he's, he misses how to dig at Ricky mm. about his quote-unquote bench rotation. Um, clearly it's worked. Mm. He's in his career best form. He's coming off contract and apparently, according to his manager, six clubs are interested. Why wouldn't they be? Mm. But uh, this is going to be huge, his clash at the front row or so. Junior Barlow and Regal Camber, Regan Campbell-Gillard against Big who, Papa. Who comes out on top? And Joe Tarpon, uh, I, I don't know. I, I'm leaning to the Eels, but uh, who knows? Mm. Who knows? It'll be a fun one to watch. And two games being
3: played in right size stadiums this week. Correct. Isn't that going to be Correct. fun? Know, and then uh, Allianz, I find it funny
1: that is like, oh, this is like a South, you know, South's home, well, really not South's home ground. <laughs> People, say, People are, are still thinking it's South City's home state. <laughs> it is not their home state. They want it to be. They'd like to think it is, but officially it is not their home ground. Of course, cool stadium is their home ground. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so looking forward
3: it. to that as much as anything. Deal okay. Back to my support. Football Australia. Great um, little piece you had there on the, the Oakley Cannons goalkeeper. They've Ability. been a great run on Sydney United in a final. But Football Australia and the APL, for that matter, they're two separate entities now, are not capitalising on Dwight Dwight York being into an Australia Cup final. Has it penetrated the mainstream at all? Dwight York Uh, uh, back in the country coaching a very good football team? a little bit.
1: Uh, Maybe not as much as I would have thought. Having said that, I mean, you're in the midst of footy finals. That Mm. stuff tends to get lost. Um, With respect, you know, you've got the, the two biggest football coaches in the country. You've got Sydney playing Collingwood on Saturday night, and you got South St. Cronulla. That is going to be a busy yeah. cruising around Moore park. Isn't it going to be great? So what's about bounce, Sydney, Collingwood, 4.45, and then what about 8 o'clock kickoff Saturday night? So. That's right. We've
3: got the whole afternoon covered on SEM. We've got crunch time starting at 12 o'clock. 3 p.m. we get the pregame from the Swans and Collingwood, and then straight into um, that second semi semi-final on Saturday night between yes. the Sharks and Souths. It's, it's Alleanza Stadium's As my H
1: would say, it's a festival of the boot.
3: <laughs> it is. Yeah. I can't wait for it. Um now I'm going to my favourite area of food here. Salads at this time of year.
1: Salads are your favourite area of food.
3: Salads no, they're definitely not my favorite area of food. Okay. They okay. last so I'm, you know, trying to lose some weight, you're going into summer. hmm how long do you last? I last, I reckon, about two weeks on salads at this time of year, and then I give up. That's the thing,
1: people eat a salad. The problem is, you eat a salad and you're still hungry. Yes. So then, that's when you go for the whole pizza. <laughs> so salads are great, but you've got to have something that's Chicken. that's filling. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what, what do they call it? Out is it low GI? Low filling GI. It, so you, C1, you don't want low, to eat again anytime soon. Low
3: yeah. carb, high prote- high active protein.
1: Is that the old Atkins? Yeah. Or is a I, keto I, I or I don't, I don't or keto know. or something? I don't know. But I don't. Yeah, still
3: love my bread. <laughs> mm. a How long can you last on
1: salads? Not that long. <laughs> not that long. Can you have, like, chunks of steak in your salad? Though? Uh, I don't say
3: thin cut, thin
1: sliced. You, you know what? You have to avoid the Caesar salad, though. Mm. That, that, that dressing, Yeah, the Caesar yeah, salad is, dressing. You know, there are more lemon. calories in that. But, oh, I'm have a Caesar salad. More calories in that than mm. steak, chips, and three veg on your plate.
3: Lemon balsamic way to
1: go. Yeah, it is. Oh, I don't like too much balsamic. That, that's very Jamie Oliver. He literally just chuck a, a handful of rocket in a bowl, salt and pepper, meals. a bit of lemon, and then olive oil, and toss it through. And goes, there's your salad. Five minutes. Lazy. <laughs> croutons? It's lazy. Croutons. Do you make your own croutons? No. No, good. <laughs> so it's the last it's time, time I even had a crouton.
3: Okay, last one. Yes. I didn't know the Davis Cup. I'm a tennis. I love my tennis. Mm. I did not know the Davis Cup was on until I woke up this morning and started scrolling through my phone. They're did stri- you know the Davis Cup yeah, was on?
1: Yeah, they're, they're stripped it of its heritage. It's mm. a shell of what it was as it a competition. Is. You don't have the best of five. You don't have home and away. It was so unique. Mm. Um, and I, I love team events in individual sports, but what they have done is criminal, mm. the Davis Cup. Absolutely criminal. Ripped you know, it, you, out you're never going to see you know Leighton come river, back from it. two sets of love down, fighting for mm. you. Just, you just, you won't have poo. that. Anymore. Yeah, Well, this is it. I mean, ninety nine on clay. Pooh. Oh. Pialeen. Hostile French crowd. I mean, that's all gone. All of that is gone. Mm. You know, you, you discard history on a whim. Yeah. You won't get it back. It, it is a crying shame. Mm. Good crying thing we've got the ATP Cup here in January.
3: That's mm. good fun as well. They're just they're Mickey Mouse tournaments, really, aren't they? Congratulations to Jason Kubler and Alex Demonor for winning their singles rubbers against yeah. Belgium overnight. And uh, I w- probably won't be watching the next Arcus game at this time squad, tomorrow. I think, isn't
1: he? Is he playing dubs?
3: Yes, so yeah. he didn't play the first game through injury. The uh, doubles partnership is Ebden and Purcell have had a very good calendar year as well. You remember they played the, the well, that's special good because, in the final of the because, because
1: I know Maxi Purcell and, and, and then Le- Leighton had, and, had a bit of a falling out, didn't yes. they, prior to the Australian Open? Yes. Max um, thought but, he should have been picked in a Davis
3: Cup team or an ATP or, or Cup or team. The the he promoted for
1: a wild card him. or something. But anyway, yeah. but, uh, oh, wild card, w- glad, yeah. glad to see that yeah. they've uh, kissed and made up. Yes. Oh, just a word on the Alcaraz beast. Oh,
3: wonderful. That, that quarterfinal against Sinner. One of the best games of tennis Yeah, it went I've for about 40,
1: 47 and a half hours. Really? Yeah. The old redhead Yannick's, you know. Thank you, mate. Uh, we'll take a – in fact, I'll get you back after 11 because I want to get your thoughts on this Socceroos squad as well. 0457 736 736. The text line number, Wednesday night on high ground. Look, I don't know Katy Perry. I'm sure she's a lovely enough human being, but I, I kid you not, those many log ads have to be the worst ads on television. Even my son, who generally switches off with ads, says, Dad, that's a really bad ad. And I said, you know what, Noah? You are right, my son. You are right. You, you know good and bad. He's got a good sense of taste, my boy. One three hundred zero one eleven seventy. Hello, Marcos.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, not a big fan of the menu log. I tell you what, I'm not a big fan of, and I I think he's a pretty good bloke, but I must say. When it comes on at the start of NRL three hundred and sixty, we just either fast forward it or mute it. Is the old Matt Nabel playing? Oh while. yeah, you know I, when I don't that
1: mind. comes in. He's all right. Oh. I don't watch enough of it. I have to say, I don't get to watch three hundred and sixty. Oh no, oh, they they trundle him out, don't they? They they roll him out yeah, for all the big probos.
0: Poor old, yeah. They put Matty, in he likes to Ricky's Raiders. Oh. What are they gonna do? This? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Cook, that beat sprinter. At like, you? Oh, please. I just, me and the daughter look at each other and say, Dad, mute. Let's get this off, please. <laughs> Ricky, um,
1: that's very good. That's very really
0: good. But uh, on uh, Sunday's game, it was bizarro world. Fair income. And you know what? I'm not a nationally Klein fan, but I ain't blaming Ashley. I no. ain't blaming Ashley. I'm with you. I'm Those with you. Those players, Victor lost it. Like, look, look, the precedent was set early and he had the go, but Victor lost it, Jared lost it. And, and I was really impressed with Trent Robertson. Actually, I'm not a Robbo fan, but, geez, he did well. Oh, he stood up for the game, I reckon, Julian, on... Um, he,
1: he didn't bite, did he? On Sunday? He, he didn't bite. No, they they no. were trying to get him to... to... Take yep. the gloves off and have a lash. He goes, no, no. But, uh, what I liked uh, coming out of his mouth was he said, you know what, Does we stopped playing footy and South did that better than us. You know, they they played more football than us. A- and he was right.
0: Yeah, and, and, and look, I admire Ricky Stewart. He's a best. Oh, this is going to sound really harsh, but I don't think Ricky had it in him to sort of hold his tongue like that, like Robbo would have. You right there's a few of them like that. I think Des would have, you know, ducking and weaving and, you know, whopping mm. their hair and he would have been cutting off r- reporters mid-sentence and, you know, and, uh, nah, Trent Robertson, tick. Um, he did really well, so.
1: Now, uh, you're right. I think <laughs> under the circumstances he was, he was quite
0: diplomatic, Robert. Yeah, but, and- I did, and they'd be really disappointed because they had a massive chance there. They've got a very, very good side. And at the start of the year, I expected the Roosters definitely top four, probably grand finalists. Mm. And I would have said the Rabideaus, after getting rid of Adam Reynolds, If they if they went out in the first round, good season. But, yeah, no. You know...
1: It's hard to pick, isn't it, Mark? It's really hard to pick. I always sort of had a sense that, as well as they were playing, that the Roosters were eventually just going to run out of steam. You know, that it, that exerted a lot of energy, and, and it came to pass. You know, it shows that sort of what happened in the regular season, the last round, it didn't really count for much in the end. But, you know, Latrell was magic. Uh, when he's on, they're a tough team to beat, just purely on the basis of his individual brilliance. But, yeah, j- just a word on Klein, and I mentioned this on the program on Monday as well. What do you expect him to do? Because if he doesn't do anything, yep. they'll say he's lost control yep. of the game. It's getting out of hand. So the one tool that he has is to use the sin bin. They may not agree with all the sin bidding. Some might have been too harsh. Some might have been too soft or whatever. But he's made a determination either way. So, and, you know, it's, you're damned if you do. You're damned if you don't. If you're official at
0: the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and on behalf, oh, I, the last thing I do is I hate ref bashing. I think... When you go down that road, it, 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 it's really, really poor. But the, the thing that's involved is, I don't think the fans evolved. Out of all this is, there's a thing called concussion now, Julian. And I think a lot of fans still don't get it. They just don't get it. That it's a different game. It, it's just different. Yep. You can't do what you used to do. That's just period. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You know, you just can't do it. In Tarek Sims, our player, our back rower, how many times did he get
1: sent? Mm. Because he couldn't
0: get it out of his game.
1: Yep. You know, if you allow it, you, you know, 20, 30 years time, you're not going to have a game. You know, it's funny you say that too. They replayed the 2002 grand final up on our screens, and that that high shot, that fitler caught. and I think then, I been Villa Sandy, who then came over the top, and he yeah. had claret coming out of the out of the eyebrow. They just give it a once-over-the-water bottle and, and play on. You know, it's very... And I think in that same grand final too, Craig Wing got concussed and scored that, that try, that solo try. He says he didn't remember the second half. I mean, it just doesn't happen anymore. But for good reason. For good reason.
0: Yeah, yeah Bill was saying he would have been sent off today. You know, that's a no-brainer. He mm. he would have been sent off. Um, I I, I like... I still like Parramatta and Pembroke for the grand final. Okay. I... I um, what
1: about yourself? I like Penrith, North Queensland. I got to say, um, mm. yeah. I mean, look, I know it's a bit of a safe bet in that respect. I just, I was really impressed with the Cowboys. Really impressed with the Cowboys to come to Sydney and, and to do that. You know, high quality tries. I know they conceded thirty, but you only got to score more than the opposition at the end of the day. But you know, just going on week one and a lot can change. I understand that, but you know, Penrith really are the team to beat, Mark.
0: Oh, definitely. But I tell you what, that Tom did, and I reckon he's the best feel-good story of the year. Great,
1: isn't he? Gee, I I didn't know he was that fast. He was really quick. I
0: remember the guy I regarded the best co-commentator in the game, Peter Sterling, Mm. watched him when he first came in, and he said, this kid's got something. Then, obviously, he rode the road downhill... Down Usley like the Broncos did, he lost all his confidence. He lost everything. He was shattered. And and we all said it last year. What are the Cowboys buying? Two running halves, uh, you know. Two dead uh, and a talented. And where's drink water going to play? And you know what? He just nailed it. Mm. Played, he knew what he was doing. And
1: oh, no doubt, is a talent. I, I remember. Talking to Anthony Seibold gave him his debut and knew he was a high quality player. And and I remember also talking to Hook about this and he saw him coming through the ranks at Brisbane. He said, uh, the problem that Deedon had is it unfairly compared to to Langer, the next Alan Langer or, you know, compared to his contemporary in Nathan Cleary. It's not fair on the kid. It's not fair on the kid. No. But um, no, you know, I'm not. glad to see when he made his Origin debut and he... He's he's really kicked on, and I'm, I'm I'm happy to see that for him and and for the good of the game. Mark, always good to get your thoughts, mate. Are you winding up work, another long uh, day for you, problem. no doubt, mate. How long how long it worked today? No, it's
0: all good. Sixteen, sixteen, oh, but, but yeah, the course, work of a good drive home safely. And yeah, like I said, Paramount out on Cronulla for me this weekend, so. No one, but great to see on. It's, it's wild. Oh yeah. The
1: phone's just carking there, so I'll leave you to it. Thank you, Mark. Always good to get your thoughts. 16 hours. 16 hours. And this is how he winds down to the drive home. He calls us here on High Grand. Good on you, mate. Love it to hear from you. one three hundred oh one 1170 is the open line number. Oh, yeah, I had the good fortune to spend the last couple of days at the Sydney Cricket Ground uh, for a Cricket Australia content, content capture day. And so I got to interview a handful of the players, which is really good, and sort of get their insights about, you know, life in the cricketing bubble and what lies ahead for the men's and women's cricket team. And um, all, all all great, great individuals. Very friendly, very warm, very open. It was nice to meet them too. Ben Horn writes in The Telegraph today that, Cameron Green, I didn't get to chat to Greeny. He's uh, an absolute man mountain, apparently an absolute sweetheart as well. Uh, but he writes in The Telegraph today, Ben Horn, that he could be one step away, Cameron Green, from a shock World Cup call-up. As Australian stars prepare to meet new teammate Tim David for the first time, isn't that a good story too? And this is, you know, we're going to see more players take this path to a national team and not essentially contract to play. doesn't have a state contract, became a gun for hire. In fact, turned down a squad position with the Australians to work on his game in the Pakistan Super League. It's benefited him, had enormous IPL season, big, big money. And now he's set to feature for the Australians. And it's T20 World Cup title defence at home. saw Mitch Marsh got an ankle injury. Marcus Soynis a side straight. Mitchell Stark with a bit of knee soreness. They have all been ruled out of next week's T20 series in India. And Mitch Marsh was quite the revelation. Remember he came into number three and just exploded the big bison. Marcus Stoinis acquitted himself well. The Stark thing is, is more precautionary as well because you're talking about an all-format player. And Cameron Green, who they identified his talent very early. Uh, he is another all-format player. And the problem is, is that the schedule's so squeezed now, this a proliferation of cricket is as high as it's ever been. The volume of cricket is unprecedented, that you've got to manage these players right. You've got to manage them right. So, Paceman, Sean Abbott, Nathan Ellis, Daniel Sams have all been called into the squad. But Tim David, this big hitting right-hander, setting a burst into the Aussie eleven, never represented his country. He's actually a former Singaporean representative. Bit of an unknown. He has appeared in the Big Bash, of course, to Aussie players. And the uh, cricketing public are going to soon learn a lot more about him because he's forced his way into the side off the back of his form. He's a big hitter of the ball. And no obvious weaknesses as well. No obvious weaknesses. And really looking forward to see him play. And Cameron Green, you think, in this tour, will figure a bit more prominently as well. Now, Bertie Tomic. Bertie Tomic. Apparently, Bernie is going to rocket almost 150 places up the ATP rankings list this week, next week after winning his first tournament in four years. Yeah. The North Sydney Car Park Open. He beat Mulchi and myself. No, he snared the ITF M15 tournament in Cancun, Mexico. He beat US player Tristan McCormick in straight sets, 7-6-6-3 in the final. So it's a far cry from Flushing Meadows, but you, the climb back to the top can be a lonely one. You've got, to run before, you've got to walk before you can run. He was the number five seed. He picked up $3,210 for his win. In the event, two levels below the ATP Tour. So look at that, $15,000 tournament. That is just astonishing. Bernie Tomic, remember this the next superstar of tennis? And he's playing two levels below the ATP Tour. And the winner's check was $3,210. Couldn't cover his accommodation. So yes, it was a step down for the gold coaster. Been grafting on the challenger tour for most of the season. His ranking is now, what, eight hundred and one in the world, Bernie? Still reckons he can come back. Former world number seventeen, didn't drop a set, so well done to him. No, we will congratulate him too. He's a month away from turning thirty. The thing about it is and we're talking about a former Wimbledon quarter finalist here, Tommy. And hopefully things are on the up. But he posted his cryptic message to his Instagram account after the win. I'll read it for you. Accompanied by a picture of a lion, the motivational message meme said, the person I am becoming is going to shock a lot of people. What the hell does that mean? What could that possibly mean? Do do tell me, is he becoming a woman? Because that would shock a lot of people. It would shock a lot of people. And people debate it. Normally, you know, they'd say we wouldn't allow them to compete against women. In Bernie's case, we might make an exception. Remember he had this, this war of words with Nick Kyrgios recently? He said, oh, anytime, beaten you before, mate, anytime, anywhere. I said, this is Kyrgios, who's who's, who's wiped the floor with the world number one the Flushing Meadows. Bernie has won a $3,000 check for playing two levels below the ATP Tour. Reckons he could be Kyrgios. You're right, O oh, champ. I suppose you've got a dream big, don't you? Maybe that was... You know, that kind of hubris got him to a Wimbledon quarterfinal back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. Anyway, maybe he'll come back. Maybe he won't He's Adam and he will. But I, for one, and I actually haven't checked out his Instagram story, A, because I don't have Instagram, B, because I don't care that much. But I'm a little bit curious to know the person that he's becoming It's going to shock a lot of people. I don't know what that means. Don't know what that means. You might, if you have any clue, let me know on the text line, 0457 736 736. Now, from one bad boy to another, Wayne Carey, you've been following this story. You mysteriously at a casino, you got chucked because a little bag with crushed up powder in it appeared. And he said, no, 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 it wasn't, wasn't drugs. It was um, anti-inflammatory. I prefer to take my anti-inflammatory crushed up. Well, you, you can choose to believe that. You can choose to not believe that. It's entirely up to you. But his casino controversy... The former Kings continued to bite. And the North Melbourne star, the 51-year-old, is not returning to the Triple M commentary box next season. Rain Carey. So he took a temporary leave of absence from his, his various media commitments. When it was revealed as he said he'd been asked to leave Crown and Perth after a mysterious bag of white powder. Do you reckon that's what Cam Munster and, and the cheese Brandon Smith had, the mysterious white powder, fell from his pocket onto a gaming table? So he's engaged the services of Morris Blackburn lawyers to investigate the possibility of discrimination action against Crown. Maintaining throughout that the bag in question contained anti-inflammatories, he said, that had been crushed into a powder, Kerry said casino security had declined to confiscate the bag when he offered it to them. Western Australian police have launched an investigation It's has since been critical of Crown staff for not contacting them when the bag was initially discovered. But yes, so... The osteria Network will not extend his contract, Wayne Carey. But uh, we haven't heard the end of this. We haven't heard the end of this, and his lawyers, act, well, the lawyers acting on behalf of Carey said they were looking at whether or not casino staff had taken his long-term pain from a shoulder injury into account before ejecting him. Mr. Carey's distressed that the casino actions have led to media attention, leaving the public, leading the public to also wrongly assume the bag contained an illegal drug, is also indicated he would welcome a Police investigation. So I guess we'll wait and see. I mean, we don't know. Let's let's await the outcome of the or We 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 speak in jest at oh, no, It's Clearly, drugs. You know, it's going to Wayne Carey. It's going to be. We don't know. It'd be a pretty easy way to find out if it was anti-inflammatory. In which case, well, then I think a lot of people won't carry an apology. 845-736-736. seven seven three six seven three six. Isn't it funny when you look at you always got the races in the background and you see sort of which dogs or horses or trotters win. Come to the top three. And you think, oh, gee. You're always looking for sort of omen names. The funny thing is, is that I was thinking, oh, who can we get on from the Raiders to chat about the Friday night game when we do the high ground program tomorrow? And it starts at 8 o'clock Eastern time. Who can We get, and I looked up, and the horse, sorry, a dog, I think that one was called Croker. Croker, and I thought to myself, is that a sign that maybe we've got to chat to the great Jason Croker on the program? Maybe. Maybe. I might give Jason Croker a text tomorrow. If he wants to join us. And we'll catch up with one of the eels. Maybe we'll just uh, give Timmy Manor a call. Part of the great stable here at SEN. You're on High Ground this Wednesday night. That is us, done and Duster, for this Wednesday night. Thank you, everybody, for your contribution to the program. Thank you to Simon and McLaughlin. Thank you to Alex as well. And don't forget, back on deck tomorrow night, 8 till 10. So an earlier kickoff for a special edition of High Ground. And that'll follow the following Thursday as well. As we narrow down the teams in the NRL finals. So, catch you tomorrow night on high ground. Bye bye.